Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlings.com and host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A, the show you're listening to now. As always, it's super important that we get your questions for every episode. Some of the ways you can do that, you can call us at 716-508-0405 and leave a voicemail. Tweet us at Rumlings Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can send us emails using buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. Facebook messages and Instagram messages work as well. We've got questions from all over the place this week as we're really in the thick of the offseason. We've got draft talk coming because of the 2020 NFL Combine in Indianapolis this week. We've got free agency talk. We've got collective bargaining agreement conversations happening. So there's lots of, of balls up in the air that we're juggling right now. And uh, it, it's just a really exciting time in the NFL offseason. So get those questions in for next week's episode and uh, we'll, we'll do our best to answer them here at Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Let's get to it. question I'm getting a lot this week has to do with the Buffalo Bills and the wide receiver position. Um, Whether it's somebody asking me about a specific player in the 2020 NFL draft, asking me about a specific free agent, folks really are wondering what's going to happen with the wide receiver spot on the Buffalo Bills. And I look back at what happened last year when the Bills went out and signed two mid to high tier uh, free agent wide receivers in John Brown and Cole Beasley. Those guys are both making you know, top, top 40 money in the NFL right now as far as average annual contract. So they're both, you know, mid to high free agents. If you think of 32 receivers as being starters, they're in the, then they're both in the top 40. They're clearly making a lot more than most receivers. So how should the Bills go about drafting it? And I wrote an opinion piece for our wide receiver day that we ran on Monday of this week. And I really said that the Bills should attack the draft and kind of forego adding a wide receiver in free agency. Even though I can see the argument that people are making that we need an instant impact, I don't think adding, say, a 32-year-old A.J. Green for one season or two seasons is really what the Bills need to, say, put them over the top into the Super Bowl. Certainly it would help, but I don't think this team's window is that short. I don't think it's a one-year window. So when I look at this roster, I'm looking at ways to build it both short-term and long-term, and Brandon Bean has shown that over and over again as well. He, he is interested in building the team for the short term as well as the long term. And I think the best way to do that is to draft a receiver in the first or second round in April. 
And so I wrote that opinion piece over at buffalorumblings.com, and I really laid out three reasons. One was positional spending. It's something I focus a lot on, and we talked a lot about with Jordan Phillips when he uh, kind of came up earlier in this offseason as a conversation piece for us. The Bills already spent a ton of money and invested a high first-round pick in the defensive tackle position and the defensive line in general. So it was going to be surprising if they decided to throw a lot of money at Jordan Phillips. And kind of the same way at the wide receiver position. I just said that John Brown and Cole Beasley were in the top 40 for wide receiver contracts. And if you look at the other teams that had players in the top 40 for wide receiver contracts, the Browns had two, the Chiefs had two, Texans had two, Vikings had two, Bengals, Colts, Eagles, Giants, Jets, and Dolphins. All of those guys had two, but none of them had three. And so what you're advocating for the Bills to do is go out and sign three of the top 40 wide receiver contracts in the NFL if you're asking them to go and sign you know, one of those wide receiver options like Amari Cooper or A.J. Green, who are all going to certainly make over $7.5 million a year. So I just don't see the Bills spending more than $7 million on three different wide receivers plus – uh, paying Andre Roberts to be your return specialist and uh, wide receiver who's making you know, a pretty good chunk of money. I just don't see the Bills spending that much money on, on the wide receiver position. It's just a large commitment. Now, if you look at overall how much the Bills are spending on the wide receiver position, it's actually not that high because everybody past John Brown and Cole Beasley is on pretty much league minimum contracts, whether you're talking about undrafted free agents like uh, Duke Williams or you're talking about uh, Isaiah McKenzie or just some of these other guys, Robert Foster, that all came in at kind of the bottom of the barrel as far as salaries go at the wide receiver position. The Bills right now are only on uh, pace to spend $20.5 million at wide receiver in 2020, which is up from $18.5 million at wide receiver in 2019. But, of course, the Bills are going to go higher than that in 2020 because they're going to add to that receiver position either through free agency or the draft. I'm, of course, advocating for the draft, not free agency. But that number is certainly going to go up. The next reason I think the Bills should go towards the draft is kind of mediocre free agency options. You know, I talked about A.J. Green and Amari Cooper, but Green, like I said, is 32. He's old. He is not going to be in this for the long haul. He's not going to be able to grow with Josh Allen and be part of this offense moving forward. So even if you do sign him, he's a one- or two-year option at best. Um, Amari Cooper is probably going to demand $22 million or you know, $20 million at least. Uh, but And he's more of that route runner, uh, speed guy. He's an excellent receiver. I just don't know how much more he adds to this offense when they already have John Brown and Cole Beasley. Now, I'm, I want to make sure you don't think I'm pigeonholing the Bills. I don't think in the draft – they should care what type of receiver they get. They should just draft the most talented receiver that they can get their hands on, even if he does play the same role as John Brown or Cole Beasley, because I think that over the long term, having a bunch of great wide receivers is fine. But when you're trying to add a free agent wide receiver that's supposed to be the missing piece of your offense, it's um, it's a little bit more kind of honed in. It's a little bit more focused. So. When you're looking at the rest of the free agent options, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is old, Randall Cobb's old, uh, Devin Funches, Brashard Perriman. There's a couple second contract guys, but they all have huge question marks around them. Um, Taylor Gabriel, Robbie Anderson, 
just don't seem like they would be great fits or you know, solid additions to this team, especially when you're talking about that quote unquote missing piece. So I just don't think that wide receiver is a great free agent option for the Bills this year. And then you look at how deep the draft class is. There's guys that will be available at the you know, at the end of the first round where the Bills are picking. There's guys that are going to drop into the second round where the Bills are picking or the Bills could trade up to get in the high second round or even in the mid-second round. So I just think that drafting guys is going to be easier and sets you up long-term. It sets you up contractually so that when the drafted guy from 2020 is coming into his own, guys like John Brown and Cole Beasley will be aging out and contracting out, and they won't be on the roster anymore. So now you can sign that next wave of wide receivers to a, you know their fat free agent contract on the second contract. You know That's one part of roster building and managing the cap, as opposed to having three guys making $21 million, uh, or sorry, three guys making say, I don't know, 25 or $30 million combined. You can have you know two guys making good money and a rookie coming up to replace those guys when those guys leave. Secondly, you can have a guy that's going to be able to grow with Josh Allen to learn his tendencies. And instead of, you know, I've I've been having the ball thrown to me by Andy Dalton for 10 years and now everything's going to change about that. And oh, yeah, I might not be healthy. So you, you get this rookie coming in who's willing to learn, who's willing to listen, who um, Josh Allen can take under his wing and really kind of develop that long term type of bond between a wide receiver and a quarterback there's just too many reasons in my opinion that the bills should go draft as opposed to free agent even though they might not get that you know first five games or first six games or even the first season return on investment that some folks want Um, so that's just kind of my long long rant at the beginning here of because i keep being asked about the wide receiver position over and over again how should i how do i think the bills should address the wide receiver position. I think they should probably draft one, probably two receivers in the 2020 NFL draft. And if they do sign a free agent, it's one of those lower level guys. um, And I wouldn't give them a ton of guaranteed money so that the bills can get out of that contract if they don't want to keep that person on the roster. Um, I like what Isaiah McKenzie brings to the table. I like what Duke Williams brings to the table. I like what Robert Foster brings to the table, especially if those guys are like your fourth, fifth, sixth receivers. And so keeping them on the roster at their price is perfectly fine as long as you're adding one of those top three talent guys in the draft. And then maybe you're drafting a guy to compete as well. There's going to be guys that are drafted at the end of the 2020 NFL draft that do not make this roster coming out of camp. That's okay. That means there's a lot of good talent on the roster. So maybe he's a guy that's going to end up on your practice squad and build towards replacing a Cole Beasley or replacing a John Brown a year from now. So I I think the Bills should draft one, if not two, wide receivers in April and maybe even completely forego the free agent market. Let's get to your questions. Quickly, let's stay in the same vein with Cameron on Instagram who asks us, is Tyler Johnson worth a pick? For me, Johnson is one of those guys that I could see the Bills drafting as the second wide receiver that they target. He did a very nice job at Minnesota. I think we're going to see how he stacks up with the rest of the wide receiver class at the Combine, which is why he's probably going to fall into the weekend of the 2020 NFL Draft. But like I said, he's a guy that you can bring on and develop into a solid wide receiver 
over the course of you know a year or two as maybe a replacement for one of those aging out veterans that the Bills have on their roster. I know that folks on Twitter absolutely adore him, and he was a big part of that Minnesota offense, uh, but he's just not like the guy, can't miss prospect that you really want the Bills to add. We'll be right back after this quick break, and we'll take some more of your questions about the Bills, the draft, and everything else. Let's head over to the phone lines at 716-508-0405. Hey, this is David Summers from the uh, San Jose Bills Mafia in California. And this question is a little off topic, but for the Bills. But um, when I look at Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, I keep thinking if Allen had had the uh, uh, kind of treatment he had, Allen would have been uh, considered a bust too at this point, probably. So if if what what about the flip side? If Josh Rosen Rosen had come to uh, Buffalo and and been given the kind of development that that Allen got, do you think he'd uh, uh, be a better quarterback, and, and how good do you think he might be? Well, hi, David, and thanks for your question from San Jose. It's there's no doubt that Josh Rosen has been dealt a raw hand by the NFL, uh, drafted in the top 10 by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he really struggled in his rookie season. Uh, the Cardinals completely changed their entire regime over, uh, drafted a new quarterback at the start of the 2019 NFL draft and then shipped him to Miami. Um, didn't even give him a say about where he was going to end up. Obviously the Arizona wanted to get back some sort of um, investment from their investment. So I, I get why they traded him, but uh, he's certainly not in a great position in Miami now, but he at least had a chance to start last year. Um, I think if Rosen had ended up in a stable quarterback position like Buffalo, I think he certainly would have been playing better and at least on the long term had a chance to grow. Um, I don't think he was ever really well suited to be the Bills starting quarterback, whether that means playing in Buffalo, whether that means dealing with uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and being part of the process. Um, I just don't feel like he ever kind of meshed with what they were trying to do and what Buffalo is, is like as a fan base. Um, so I'm personally glad, especially in hindsight, that they went with Josh Allen as opposed to Josh Rosen. I think at the time we wanted Josh Rosen because he was a little bit more pro-ready, I think, is is what most scouts were saying at the time. Uh, but I think ending up with, with Josh Allen, who fits the town, fits the process, fits everything, buys in completely, um, is certainly better for Josh Allen um, and better for the Bills. Uh, I don't know if Rosen would have actually been able to do that, but he would have had the organizational stability that he never had in Arizona or in Miami. Um, who knows how they would have developed the offense differently underneath uh, Brian Dable with Josh Rosen under center. Um, maybe they would have gone for different wide receivers last year. Maybe they would have gone for something, but I know that they would have supported him one way or the other. And uh, 
really like continue to build the offensive line like they did for Josh Allen. Uh, but who knows what the offense would look like? Who knows kind of how the whole thing would have played out? So it's it's an interesting thought conversation um, and certainly would be better from Rosen's perspective if he was on the Bills with just the stability that Buffalo has had in and the absence of stability that he's had. So thanks for calling in your question uh, at 716-508-0405. We've got a two-part question over on our email account, buffalorumlings at sbnation.com from Christian, who asks us, realistically, what is Tommy Sweeney's ceiling? Is expecting him to grow into a full-time NFL starter unreasonable? And then the second part was, why wasn't Sweeney given the same opportunities as Dawson Knox, considering that he played tight end his entire career? In retrospect, it seemed like the starting tight end role was gift wrap and handed to Knox after Tyler Croft got hurt. Knox continued to get reps and targets over Sweeney, despite being an unproven rookie, having many crucial drops throughout the season, and being a subpar blocker. Well, the Bills obviously thought Knox was more talented than Sweeney when they picked him in the third round and picked Sweeney in the seventh. So, I mean, just kind of that hierarchy leads me down that path. After they got both in the building, they saw Knox was more athletic than Sweeney. Um, one of the reasons he was picked in the third round as opposed to the seventh round again. So that's a big reason. Um, but I think it's also fair to say that Sweeney had a chance to lock down the role with Tyler Croft out during training camp, with Dawson Knox sidelined for a long time in training camp. Knox began setting out practice on July 28th. And it looks like he didn't return until August 17th. So that's three weeks where he was out of the lineup almost all of the preseason. So Sweeney had a chance to really put his name down as the guy that was going to replace Tyler Croft. And he wasn't able to do that as the quote unquote starting tight end for the first couple weeks of the preseason and a big chunk of training camp. And even Jason Kroom was sidelined with his own uh, hamstring injury that eventually cost him the season. So there was just nothing standing in Tyler Sweeney's way of, you know, putting his name down. Now, tight end is a traditionally slow developing position. It's very difficult to come in as a rookie and make an impact as a tight end. So I don't think anybody expected Sweeney to do that. I really don't think anybody expected Knox to play as well as he did. That's why the Bills went out and signed uh, Sweeney or Tyler Croft when they did. They they wanted him to be the veteran guy and have Knox and Sweeney behind him. So I think you'll see more from both of those guys in 2020. You'll see Knox as probably the, the starter and the guy that's going to play a ton. Sweeney is maybe the primary backup unless they go out and sign a free agent. Um, you'll see Sweeney go from being inactive on a lot of game days to really having a role in this offense and on this team. So I, I still think you're going to see him emerge as you know some sort of i don't know difference maker probably is too much um you know key piece of the offense is probably too much but at least a role player on this team you can and if you get that from a seventh round tight end i think you're doing okay as far as drafting goes thanks for your question over at buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com where you can send your emails every week our twitter question of the week coming in late but still very important. Patrick Tabone asks us, would you give Yannick 22 million? Um, Yannick Ngakwe, the stud defensive end from the Jacksonville Jaguars, may not even make it to free agency. Uh, Jacksonville is reportedly going to be giving him the franchise tag. I think he would certainly be an immediate upgrade over what the Buffalo Bills have at defensive end. I don't know 
anything about what he's like as a teammate or as a member in the locker room. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he's not, quote unquote, a process guy and the Bills didn't just want to hand him $22 million or whatever the figure is going to be in order to get him to come to Buffalo. I, I just I don't know if he's like that team first guy that you're kind of always going to be going for if you're the Bills. I just don't know enough about him and haven't done that much research into like the character aspects of what he brings to the table. He certainly would be a great talent upgrade to the Bills, but I just don't know how the the room would respond if they made one of the guys from outside the highest paid guy in the room. I mean, look at Mitch Morris. They knew Mitch Morris. They had intel on Mitch Morris. They knew he was a team first guy and Morse came in and did exactly that way. You know, who else have they made the highest paid player at their position? Uh, it's a pretty short list, right? Like, I mean, you don't look around and see the Bills, you know, throwing money at lots of free agents. So they've been very judicious with who they've given their money to. And I don't know if Ngakwe is that type of player. Um, I still think it's more likely that the Bills draft and develop a pass rusher um, as opposed to, say, you know, bringing in a huge overpriced free agent from another team and really setting the market at the defensive end position. A lower level deal for Shaq Lawson, a homegrown player, might be more in the cards and more where the Bills are looking this offseason. Thanks for your question on Twitter at Rumlings Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Lots of great questions this week. Um, we've got more questions locked and loaded for next week's episode, but please add yours to the mix. Uh, you can call 716-508-0405 and leave a voicemail. Tweet us at Rumlings Q&A. That's worth the word and spelled out in the middle. Facebook messages, Instagram messages. You can leave comments in the comment section at buffalorumlings.com on our show notes. You can email us buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. Like I said before, the draft, free agency, everything's kind of coming together this week with the combine starting. So let's go Buffalo.